<laughs> Let us pray. <coughs> Gracious loving God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for this chance to come before you. We give you thanks for your word. God, guide us uh, that we may be good stewards of what you have for us this evening. In Jesus' most holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good Amen. evening, friends, and welcome to another fun-filled edition of Scripture Talk. Uh, I am Pastor Trey Comstock. Uh, with me this week is... Pastor Scott Ketchot. And on the ones and twos... Both of the clowns. Um, shout out to Sister Brandy, uh, who has taken a well-deserved uh, kind of uh, four days off. Yeah. Um, she's on a small sabbatical. She'll be back with us next week. Um, actually, she's back working um, on Tuesday, but she got a chance to take some time off. Um, and so I hope that it is being actually relaxing uh, for her. No uh, doubt. And... Uh, I am. I, I'm happy. I'm certainly feeling better than the last time we did this show. Um, I I went for a walk today um, in the Tyler Rose Garden, and it would you know I did fine. Um, I'm gonna try going for a run tomorrow morning, and so hopefully this like you know adventure of having no energy after having COVID is. Uh, um, uh, is like coming to an end. I, I made it through Sunday, which I thought was miraculous. And we're back in the studio. And we're back in the studio, right? Because yeah. at, at least no one's no one on the show is contagious. I couldn't like last week. At this time, I was still contagious, and we could not do the studio. Uh, but now we are back. Okay. Um, our scripture this week is kind of another one of those like big stories from the Old Testament. Last week we did uh, the 24 verses on Jehoshaphat. Uh, this week it's 21 verses, but it's just one of those like you got to tell the story. And if you pull a cut point in the story, you're just like, hey, what's going on? And so this is um, probably a better known story from the. I don't have to explain <laughs> like when, when you hear what it is. I'm not going to have to explain where this fits in the story of God's people. Um, but it is ex- Exodus chapter 14. Uh, verses 10 through 40 for 10 through 31 as pharaoh drew near the israelites looked back and there were the egyptians advancing on them in great fear the israelites cried out to the lord they said to moses was it because there were no graves in egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness what have you done to us bringing us out of egypt is this not the very thing we told you in egypt let us alone and let us serve the Egyptians, for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians and then die in the wilderness. But Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm, and see the deliverance that the Lord will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to keep still. Funny, we've heard this recently. Right. Um, and the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry out to me? Tell the Israelites to go forward. But you, lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, that that the Israelites may go into the sea on dry ground. Then I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, so they will go in after them. And so I will gain glory for myself over Pharaoh and all his army, his chariots and his chariot drivers. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord." Then I have gained glory for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his chariot drivers. The angel of God, who was going before the Israelites, Israelite army, moved and went behind them, and the, and the pillar of cloud moved from in front of them and took its place behind them. It came between the army of Egypt and the army of Israel, and so the cloud that was there with the darkness, and it lit up the night, and one did not come near the other all night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. 
the Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. The Israelites went into the sea on dry ground, and waters forming a wall for them on, on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued, pursued and went into the sea after them, all of Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and chariot drivers. And at the morning watch, the Lord, in a pillar of fire and cloud, looked down upon the Egyptian army and threw the Egyptian army into a panic. He clogged the, their chariot wheels so that they would turn, turn, so that they turned with difficulty. The Egyptians said, "Let us flee from the Israelites, for the Lord is fighting for them against Egypt." Then the Lord said to Moses, "Stretch out your hand over the sea, so the waters may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and chariot drivers." So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at dawn the sea returned to its normal depth. As the Egyptians fled before it, the Lord tossed the Egyptians into the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the chariot drivers. The entire army of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea, not one of them remained. But the Israelites walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the Egyptians. And Egypt and excuse me, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great work that the Lord did against the Egyptians. So the people feared the Lord and believed in God and his servant Moses. So it's important anytime you look at Exodus, the story of Exodus, and this is the kind of climax of the story, right? It goes on yeah. for a lot longer, but there are many more chapters in the book of Exodus, but this is the, this is the, this is the moment, right? This is the, not just this like key moment in Exodus, but this is the founding moment for God and God's people. This is where God goes from being a God of a family to being a God of a nation. Yeah. Um, this is the moment where that we are constantly pointing back to, right? In the prophets, in the New Testament, we are constantly pointing back to God bringing them out of the land of Egypt. And so this is the thing. And so, but it's also important to frame it. You know, we've talked about this before, framing who is the main character of Exodus and what is the, con- let's play English teacher, right? Like what is the core conflict mm-hmm. um, in the book of Exodus? Who are the participants? And most people, when we think about it, and certainly if you watch the, the movie, The Prince of Egypt, right? Hence the title, right. um, would imply that Moses is the main character, Right. Moses is not the main character. This is not the story uh, between a conflict between Moses and Pharaoh. This is a conflict between two entities claiming to be gods. One of them is God. God is claiming to be a god, a figure. But Pharaoh is also claiming to be a god. And what... This is saying, and this is the thing that sails over our heads because we don't live, you know, in a land of God kings. Um, What sails over our head but would have landed for a, you know, ancient Jewish audience is Pharaoh may have claimed to be a god, but Pharaoh is not. God is a god. That Pharaoh has this tremendous army um, that looks so powerful, but God can control the thing that no one else could control, the sea. Remember, the other piece of it is that the sea, um, oceans, water is the essence is considered essentially chaotic. You know, anyone who's like watched a storm blow in Mm -hmm. on a sea, right? Stand on the edge of an ocean and not think this is an uncontrollable force. Any sailor will tell you the sea is an uncontrollable force. We just, you know, you're just a passenger. And yet God could control, is so powerful that God can control that which is totally uncontrollable and use it to defeat the world's greatest superpower of the time. And this is God doing that massively heroic thing. Yeah, and uh, 
you're right, following the English, uh, you know, paradigm there, you, you would have the the plagues would actually be part of the rising action. Right, yes. Uh, each one of them leading, showing this conflict between God and Pharaoh that the Egyptians worshipped like a god in some Well, some no, it doesn't just, just claimed, he, he, he makes that claim, yeah. right? And, um, it, it, but it, it's, it's interesting of how, as they're standing there, it, it gets to this point, and you, and you totally see it as a climax. Their backs are literally against a wall of water. Right. And they have the, at that time, the elite of armies, yeah. the chariots of Egyptians were the... It was the stealth... Cavalry, we, yeah. We've used this analogy before. It's the stealth fighters of their day, right? Yeah. Barreling in on them. And it just really just hits this point of, interesting enough how God deals with this stand. You know, yeah. we, we talked about that on uh, you know this past Sunday, and I even uh, uh, referenced an old Petra song, The Battle Belongs to the Lord. Right, yes. Because that's literally what he likes showing. Hey, I've got this. And, you know, um, it's just... It's just amazing to look at what happens here because this isn't a simple, okay, we've taken you out of Egypt, you don't have to worry about This is an eradication, a no doubt beyond who won this altercation. Right. And who is the, and thus, who is the God? Yeah. And thus, who is worth your allegiance? Right. Because part of this moment, we get this, and this is not, you know, look. From God's perspective, this should be enough, and God is right. There will be a lot of other times, we, we, and as we've talked about before, where the Israelites go, How long, O oh Lord, you lead us to die, <laughs> you know, we're better off in Egypt. But you hear the like, look, we should just keep following Pharaoh. Like, we weren't, you know, we've come out here, and this is great, Moses, uh, but I, we're just going to die. And then thus God shows up in, you know, in some ways, in the biggest way since creation. Right. That, you know, these are that this this kind of Genesis one to Exodus, whatever, Exodus 14 um, is an arc is in some ways is one story. And this is its climax. Right. The like the movement of God of creation to God with an attachment to this one family to God of this nation. Um, And this is the, the grand demonstration of once again. God sweeps over chaotic water, and once again, God shows God's self to be mightier than not just, you know, to use chaotic water to defeat the greatest superpower, right? Yeah. To defeat the stealth fighters, to bring down this Egyptian army. Because, you know, you can understand their perspective. They're being chased by this, at the time, unbeatable army. Um, and yeah. God didn't, and, and, and they didn't have anything, right? They just had the clothes on their back um, and some unleavened bread. And yet... Um, they end up victorious because God is the hero here. Yeah, you, you look at uh, when you go through, even with the plagues, it's like each one of the plagues hit one of the gods yes. of Egypt. And then you have here the water, that that, that no one else can control nature. And uh, we have some fun stuff going in the uh, chat. I see you looking at it too. Uh, Emily and Joe doing the Pharaoh Pharaoh song yeah. back and forth. Jeannie talking about the, the wind from the east, fishing's the least. Yeah, uh, people can't control what nature does, right. but God can. And then uh, <laughs> uh, choose your death. Is it going to be death by water or by the sword? But either way, we're going to die. Why are we out here? God, hold my wine. Hold my wine. Yeah, hold I my wine. This. Watch this. And that, that's actually, I mean, it's literally what, yeah. like, God goes to Moses, why are you, why are you coming to me? Just, just you know, wave your arms it. a bit, Moses. This is going to be fine. But it is like, it, but just making sure that we are centering 
this is not we we tell the story of Moses parts the Red Sea, mm-hmm. right? Like that's that's the story we tell. It is not Moses that does <laughs> yeah. any of it. Moses waves his arms. God parts the sea. So uh, I I have a kind of a question slash statement. I don't understand why gods, even leaders, kings, whatever, they they can't separate themselves. They they think they're all gods. And our God is the only God that seems to be merciful and loving and all of that because in the end, like, there's a Metallica song called King Nothing. Right. And the basic gist of the song is, what are you going to do when you've eliminated all of the people that you claim to be your servants, your, your worshipers? Well, I think, I think that, gets, that gets to the point, right? That... Yeah, you know, there's the phrase, and that it bears out to be true that absolute power corrupts, corrupts absolutely, absolutely, right? If you, um, this, you know, let, let's let's think about a modern example, right? Let's talk about Scientology and talk about L. Ron Hubbard, <laughs> um, right? You know, this is a modern version, of the same trick that Pharaoh pulled, the same trick that the Roman emperors pulled, the same trick that Louis the Fourteenth pulled, right? Um, time and time again, it turns out if you want to get the most power and the most money and the most whatever claim to be a god and convince convince your people you're a god, right? So theoretically, by the way, according to the rules of Scientology, uh, L. Ron Hubbard is like supposed to be back. You're supposed yeah. to be dead for 21 years and then you come back. You're supposed to because your 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 uh your work hmm. is forever, um, and so you die for a little bit and then you come back 21 years later. And he died. I think he died in 1986, and this is why I can always track uh, when L. Ron Hubbard is supposed to be back because I was born in 1986. Um, he's a he, he's a few years late. He must have hit that snooze button. He must have hit that snooze button. Uh, he's you know whatever fifteen or fourteen years late um, for reporting back for duty. But you know, I, I think why people continue to claim to be gods, it is because you can get away with it, and it's a heck of a way um, to get power, and it's a heck of a way to get people you can control and. And when you are someone, I don't know about L. Ron Hubbard, I've never understood how that one worked, but when you are Pharaoh and you have the greatest army and you have all of the riches and you have pyramids and you have these things, like, it looks plausible to your average ancient person that, like, I can't do that. Well, it it plays into the song that we've chosen for this week, uh, Holding Out for a Hero. Uh, The reality of it is because so many of us look at our lives and realize that, my gosh, we, we... RMS, we we do need a hero. And that's what we see happening here. God establishing what he will later point back to these events through Jesus being the uh, complete fulfillment because you have the Passover that plays to this time period of what's going on and all of that. But they're they're there. They're they're backs against the uh, sea. They're in need of a hero. Uh, Every day in our lives, we, we look at how we, in spite of trying our best, still screw things up and all that. And so that's what it is. And that's how, in some ways, these people offer something that people are looking for, an answer to their problems. But their answers don't really answer anything because it's only found in one place, and that's Jesus. Well, it's and and so this this is one of those, for us as Christians, this is one of those, like, where you... This is the small example of the even greater example, right? Like what is done for one people here is done for all of us in Christ. Um, will be done for will be done for the whole world in Christ returning and final victory, right? That we can look at this story as 
one of the, like, a, just a demonstration of God's power, and it certainly is that. But we can also look at this story as God made this promise to these people and showed up in this way. God has made this promise to us um, and can show up in this other way. Um, we'll show up in this even bigger way, that we can look, one of the one of the things that's valuable, valuable about Scripture is it's a place where we can look back at, okay, God has made these other promises. This is how God has shown up for these promises. We have this still unfulfilled promise from God that Christ will come in victor- final victory, that all will be set right. And so we are also in this position, and it can often feel like we are backed up against a wall and we're holding out for a hero. But here we see God's people uh, holding out for a hero, and the hero shows up. And so yeah. if God showed up then, we can know that God's going to show up again. That it is this, like, there are two, there are multiple things happening, right? This is just a, a, an awesome example of God's mighty power, and that should be encouraging to us that God can do this thing, right? That there, you know, when we, when we read in Romans that like nothing can separate you from the love of God, not even Pharaoh, not even the superpower, the army of the superpower of the time could separate God and God's people. Okay. Then we can apply that. We can also then apply that to our own lives when we feel backed against a wall or when we look at the scope of history and feel like, you know, this is one of those like, um, what, what we look at the world like, oh, the whole the wheels are coming off the show. Okay, fine. We keep this is not the first time we've been here, friends. Yeah. Um, and and God came through all the other times, and so we can count on God coming through this time. We can too hold out for a hero. Yeah, if He hasn't uh, failed us in the past and throughout, then He's not going to start doing it now. Um, Joe has a good comment. Uh, Sometimes you have to be put in that impossible situation for us to turn to God and say, only you can help me. Uh, Yeah, uh, I've spoke with lots of Christians. I've said it myself, how we want to live that Christian life where we see miracles happening every day. But the problem with the miracle is it's something that's supernatural that can only happen supernaturally, which means you have to be in a place where only a miracle can happen really help you right. for to to get to see that so that means you're kind of living out there on the edge in some uh pretty yeah, uncomfortable but, but also like but I, I think we we lose sight of all the things that are also miracles this is true right this is you know the I, I'm, I'm gonna butcher this story but there's one of those classic pastors um it, uh, illustrations right the the person there's a flood um yes. let, let, let's set this and <laughs> let's set this in harvey right and we can actually use people we know right um you know let, let's set this in harvey the harvey has hit uh, south houston actually hit my old house um in pearland okay harvey has hit you know um i am standing on the roof of a house that is now gone harvey took it um and i'm praying to god uh, for a miracle i'm praying to god for a and, and Jason Owens and his friends show up in a boat, which they did, right? They went down yes. and were part of the Navy. Yes, show up in a boat and say, hey, no, get on the boat. And I, I say, no, 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 I'm waiting for a miracle. Um, and then uh, our friend Buster, uh, who, is, who was at that point a National Guard, a helicopter pilot, yeah. shows up with his Chinook offering to pick me up. Um, and I say, no, 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 I'm waiting for a miracle. And then I drown. Um, and I get to heaven. And I'm like, God, I was praying for miracles. Like, yeah, I sent you all these people to help you. Uh, so sometimes uh, when we're holding out for a hero, uh, we don't realize what form that has taken. Right. Also, you know, it's uh, when you think of miracle, the, the the word miracle, we're always thinking about something huge, something yeah. spectacular opening. And if you look around, there's miracles that happen every day, just little bitty tiny things that mm-hmm. can get you through the day. It's like uh, when people say, uh, is there any evidence of God? Well, if you look around, there's a lot of it. It was just whether you tend to recognize it as that or not. Uh, yeah, we, we, you know, we... 
we really focus, and I hear, like, you know, I'm the one who picked this scripture, right? Picked them all. Um, it's part of my gig. Um, and this is one of those grand, spectacular things. But if you look yeah. at a lot of the ministry of Jesus, the miracles are not particularly spectacular, right? It's a person is blind and they're made not blind. Um, it is a person is sick and they are made well. It is, a, a, you know, a, someone that was going to be killed um, is saved from being killed, right? You look and same with Paul and Peter and, and the New Testament miracles um, are, but also Old Testament. You look at the stuff that Elijah and Elisha do um, in the books of Kings. You look at, you know, the a lot of the miracles are not God shows, here God does show up in literally a fiery cloud, right? Yeah. But a lot of times those miracles are these kind of deeply personal forms of care. And so we we get so trained to look for these big moments of that's what it means to be holding out for a hero when when that's not like Jesus does not ever part the red sea, right? Jesus cares on these like deeply intimate ways and those are also miracles. And so when you're looking for that miracle, are there people caring for you in intimate ways? Maybe that's a miracle. Right. Like, you know, it's, the, it's like the lady I mean, you know, that touched Jesus's cloth. I yeah. Mean, that was just an, an, a night. Jesus wasn't even planning for that. And, and when you think about it and the fact that we're talking about the creator of the entire universe. Yeah. Taking the time to deal with us individually. That is a miracle. That, yeah. That, that he has that type of uh, uh, personal investment in each of our own lives and patience yeah i mean absolutely yeah. and patience um yeah and I, I know um so joe's got a good comment nothing can separate us um even our own stupidity yeah you're not you're not <laughs> you're not wrong right like the miracle happens uh whether we whether we care to um recognize it or not um or whether we're patient enough for it or not god um is gonna god is gonna show up right god is gonna be there and we need to, but there is still that act of trust, right? And 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 the people there on the, the shore of the Red Sea are not good examples of trust. It's one of the things I love about scripture too, is that like the people we journey with are often as numbskullish as we are, right? That right. often just have this like, how long, oh Lord? I... Y'all, I, I just did this thing. I just did this thing, right? Almost as soon as they get in the desert, there is another like, we just died in Egypt. I'm like, what do you, What have I got to do? What have I got to do? What have I got to do to impress these people? Again? We're doing this again? And, you know, the cycle with the manna and the cycle with the waters of Mirabeau, like over and over and over again in Exodus. Well, it there's, is. there's also the, the, the F word, and that's faith. Yeah. Well, right. Faith, trust and faith are related, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that part of having faith is is believing in God, but part of having faith is putting your trust in God. And this is, what this story sets up is that opportunity to see just the raw power of God and yeah. where God directs that raw power is in defense of God's people and establishing with an exclamation point that God is the greatest force in the universe. And certainly the greatest force, well, in this case, they would not have a concept of universe. They would have a concept of earth. And um, this is, that God is the greatest power because uh, uh, prior to this moment, Pharaoh was the undisputed champion of the world at that point. In the same way that Christ rising from the dead is showing that God is greater than the Roman emperor. Yeah, and uh, like uh, Stacy was talking about the faith, you know, we're, we're looking at the tail end of this, 
But the Egyptians had been slaves for about yeah. 400 years, yeah. something like that. Um, it's hard to gauge, but a minute, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and so uh, during that time, you know that they were calling out to God. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, they had those moments of for those who didn't see this uh, end part, the redemption. You know, like Abraham didn't see the great nation that is right here being completely developed and about to go on to become what we think of as uh, the Israel nation as a in the desert where they get their laws and their yeah. the, the stuff that sets them apart with the, the tabernacle into the temple. All of that's just now starting to come about, even though it was foretold to Abraham way back before this. Yeah, I mean, certainly hundreds of years before. This is where the timeline gets a little squishy, yeah. but uh, it's been a minute. And, and so that, that to say that sometimes in our lives, you know, the holding out for the hero we may not see the full perfection of everything because sometimes it's going to happen once we're one with Christ completely, you know, that (laughs) one fine day. But, um, but he is always faithful. And even when you don't see the end of whatever that struggle is, you're given the strength through him to keep the faith. Right. And that there is, there are certainly generations that that generations that lived in Egypt under the thumb of because so it started out okay so the, the you know to kind of catch us up a little bit right Joseph um, and, oh, yeah. and then the his other brothers end up in Egypt this is the because they're escaping a famine and Joseph is kind of in charge of Egypt at that point um, and so it goes well for a while and then when you open with Exodus there is this idea that now there is a Pharaoh that did not know Joseph. Right. Um, We're now disconnected from this kind of history of where it was going. okay, And now it is going poorly. There is this evil Pharaoh and this is the evil Pharaoh that now we're up against Mm -hmm. that did not know Joseph, that does not value God's people because it started out okay. Um, He even got they were even being blessed and multiplying, which kind of led to the Pharaoh being afraid. Right. Yeah, yeah. and so Pharaoh is growing afraid of their power, um, growing afraid of their potential influence, and decides to, you know, crack the whip and put them under his thumb. And that's when, and and so Exodus opens with the people crying out, literally, how long, O Lord, Mm -hmm. right? How long are we going to suffer like this? Um, And that's when Moses gets called, and it still takes time, and still not everyone got to see the completion of it. And so part of us for people of faith is becoming comfortable Mm -hmm. with God is going to show up and set all things right. We may not get to see it. We need to be okay with that. Uh, Jeannie has a good comment about that saying, you don't get to see the tree from the sapling you plant today. Right. And um, um, a couple of years ago, uh, the family, we went to uh, uh, Disney World. Now, my grandmother uh, lived in Florida. Okay. And, all, and so we, on the way down there, they live just outside of Tallahassee. We uh, swung by the house that um, she used to live in. It's been sold and all of that. But on each side of the driveway are these two really tall uh, cedar trees that my dad planted way yeah. back when I was a kid. And so even though they're not fully grown cedars yet, they are way taller than they were from what I remember. And it was just really cool to get to... To see them and then to think that they are going to, unless you know someone decides they don't want them there, they'll outlive me. Yeah. You know, and uh, when they, so there's no telling 
what happens from the seeds that we plant in people's lives through our faithful living, mm -hmm. uh, the seeds that get that grow in our own life sometimes. It's much later that we see how it comes into fruition that God does through us and with us. And so, yeah, there is, there is this kind of balance of hope and patience, right? Hope that um, we are all, in a, in a real way, holding out for a hero. In the same way that you know the 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 you know the Jewish people, they're back between a rock and a hard place, back between an army and an ocean, um, were, and we are, and God will show up, right? Mm -hmm. We are, and 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 we can trust in that. But we may not see, we may not see its completion, um, and and that's part of the journey of faith, is even believing and even holding on to faith and trust, even if we, of those, like the small ways and the big ways that God has showed up and showed up in our own lives to know that if we're worried about these big promises coming true, we may not get to see them. We might. Christ could come back tomorrow. We have no idea, right? No one knows the day nor the hour. Here's the thing I know. When someone tells you God, is, God, God will come back now, that's the only time you know God won't. Um, so people, you know, you want Christ to come back sooner. Stop predicting it. <laughs> predicting the apocalypse is a counterintuitive thing. You want the you want Christ to come back in final victory. Stop predicting when. Uh, it's almost kind of like uh, I've been told with love. You know, when you're not looking for love, it'll hit you. Well, when you quit uh, looking for the apocalypse to come and the, and the final rapture to come, then it'll come. This is probably as good a place as any uh, uh, to bring uh, this thing in for a landing. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. We have, for those of you who joined us live, thank you for sticking with us. There's yes. literally nothing I can do to improve the internet around here. Um, so we do the best that we can. We will be back next week with another one of these Monday at 6 p.m. Um, if you have other comments, uh, again, I really appreciate those who join us live. They add so much to the show. Um, but if you have other comments you'd like us uh, to read after the fact, just uh, you can drop them here on our Facebook page. You can uh, check us out over on our YouTube channel. You can email me, uh, gracechurchpalestine at gmail.com. Uh, you can post a comment on our website, palestinegrace.com slash videos. Um, if you're looking for an audio-only version of the show, just search Scripture Talk uh, by Grace Church in your podcatcher of choice. And again, uh, next Monday, uh, 6 p.m., hopefully the whole crew will be back here um, in the studio. Uh, <laughs> but before then, uh, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Um, and fear not. Uh, stay well. God is with us.